0: She's amazing. They got fired. Double, double baloney. Found out how much I really enjoyed partying. <laughs> Damn it, Big Daddy. As my wife says, he has a very punchable face. And I know Michelle. She never lived in Texas. In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Let's start the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Today's guest is a ex-professional arm wrestler, a bison rancher, trailer manufacturer, now strength and conditioning coach for the U.S. Air Force. Please welcome Isaiah Winter. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm fine. How are you?
1: I'm I'm wonderful. I apologize. I uh, tried to get this thing going on my phone, and my phone just decided to... Uh, I don't know do anything other than work so um
0: <laughs> it's okay normally mine like wants to try to update everything like as i'm opening everything <laughs> up and i'm like really right now like thank you i appreciate that
1: <laughs> <laughs> no exactly exactly that's where i was at too i was like oh yeah no I'll log in two minutes early like the yeah. whole thing and uh no no not uh <laughs> it certainly did not work out uh, yeah. but anyways here we are here we yes
0: are. here we are and i appreciate you joining me don't worry about it it happens to the best of us <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to blonde girl behind the scenes if i could speak also today um, obviously <laughs> you know we talk to those who work behind the scenes of the sporting industry and we want to hear about your journey so i'll let you take the floor and i'll ask questions along the way you can start wherever you'd like obviously if you played sports as a kid you know kind of builds a picture for us so (laughs) kick it off let us know how did you get to where you are now i'm interested to know some (laughs) other people are
1: (laughs) great well growing up so uh i'm number six of seven so a lot of yeah, so a lot of brothers and sisters, as you can assume, a pretty competitive environment uh, for sure. So I grew up playing. I mean, you you name it, I played it. Uh, but a lot of hockey, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, um, all kinds of stuff. So uh, that's kind of that. That's what I did uh, growing up, up until I was about 18. And then uh, let's see. And then from 18 to. 24 I played a I played about two and a half years of rugby at uh, at University of South Florida in Tampa um, and then I played uh, about a year uh, of college football at Southeastern University which is a NAIA program between Tampa and Orlando so okay. um, so playing wise uh, there was also some stints in there uh, I actually did a small stint of uh, professional arm wrestling believe it or not <laughs> what? um yeah yeah That's so go ahead stagger that somewhere in the mix there um <laughs> so uh yeah so that was that was great that took me all over the state of florida and then i actually did some arm wrestling over in the middle east and about uh in 2015 ish so um what? so yeah yeah we've been we've been bouncing around a little bit so um and still to this day i i still will play pickup soccer and, and every city that I go to, I'll usually find a local rugby club and, and chop it up with them. So, um, so yeah, so that that would probably be the short version of my athletic background. Um, let's see. Uh, and then professionally, uh, 18 to 24 was certainly some hectic years. So when I graduated high school. I started a was not in athletics at all, uh, you know, really, really athletic background, but wasn't in athletics at all, uh, 18. So 18, I started a trucking company. So I was doing some over the road trucking. Okay. Um, so I, I was doing that. I actually, uh, built and started a bison ranch uh, as well. So I was breeding wow. uh, bison. Yeah. So I had a, a bison ranch, uh, going at that time. I, I ended up, let's see when I was 20, uh, 22, uh, 21, 22, uh, probably my most successful business was I started a trailer manufacturing company where I started welding and building these flatbed equipment trailers in my backyard and selling them on Craigslist. And then fast forward a couple of years, I'd gone from a one man backyard operation to, uh, I don't know. I've, uh, 30,000 square foot warehouse, a handful of employees and, and doing, doing really, really well. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had gone from that, but that was when I kind of hit a point where uh, along the way, I, I done some coaching, football coaching and strength and conditioning at smaller high schools around the Tampa area. And that was when I really realized that, Hey, you know, I, I got everything that theoretically somebody at 24 would want. Uh, a couple bucks in their pocket, complete autonomy over what what they're doing and, and their schedule. But uh, but I didn't feel really super fulfilled in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I told myself, if I got the opportunity to sell that business, I was I was going to wholeheartedly pursue um, what I was really passionate about, which was really pouring into people and developing people. Um, and if I could do that in an athletic form, uh, even better and so lo and behold i ended up selling that business going back to college um and that's when i quickly realized like hey being a division one strength coach is what i want to do and so i looked at what that would entail and uh so i went back to college finished my associate's degree at community college and then i finished my bachelor's degree at the college that uh i played football at And then from there, when I was finishing up my bachelor's degree, that's when kind of my big coaching journey began, which was an internship with the football team uh, with the Florida Gators in Mm -hmm. 2019. And then uh, beginning of 2020, I did like a graduate fellowship with, uh, this was right after I got my bachelor's, um, did a graduate fellowship with the Texas Longhorns football team. Um, I did that and yeah, hook them 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, and then COVID and then COVID shut us all down, uh, Mm. just like most people and most, especially athletics. And so from there, I uh, coached at a big high school in Houston. I went over there. I was a director of strength over there for a little while. And then that's when I got, um, uh, I got the opportunity to go back to school. and got my master's degree. So this was like summer of 2020 and uh, so I coached at a small NAI, Thomas University in South Georgia, and then went from there, got my master's degree, got my MBA in about eight months there. That was a two year program, did it in about eight months, and graduated and moved on. Um, and then I was the associate director at Wingate University, which is a Div- division two school outside of Charlotte, mm-hmm. and then went from there to William and Mary. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, up in Williamsburg, Virginia. And then from there, that's um, I was just looking for something uh, different, just a little more work life balance. Uh, I have a beautiful wife and a and a wonderful little 10 month old son at home. Um, so I was just work, looking for a little, little work life balance uh, to put it as simply as possible. And, uh, and I saw this opportunity come up with the Air Force, uh, well funded, deep, impact uh with the population we were working with and it brought me back at least to my home state of florida (laughs) um so now i'm in pensacola florida working with the air force
0: that's awesome i was gonna ask where you're from originally because bison rancher that's a thing (laughs) in florida
1: nobody would suspect that there's only a handful of us but uh uh, (laughs) i was i was fortunate to connect with some other people that were doing something similar down on the floor which you're exactly right you're exactly (laughs) right not exactly the most common thing uh so needless to say it was a small but the supportive group and uh yeah yeah, needless to say. But no, I, I originally grew up in a small town between Tampa and Orlando around okay. Orange trees and Strawberry fields. So Pensacola wow. is still seven hours technically from home. But at least in me and my wife's mind, we feel feel a little better than yeah, l- florida a
0: little closer is she from florida as well
1: <laughs> she's originally from california oh, wow. um and okay. so she was there uh i i think she i think she lived out there until she was about 12 ish okay and then since then she she's uh be bopped around the state of florida but but me and her met in tampa okay. um so yeah so florida is is certainly home for both of us
0: yeah well, <laughs> it's very interesting then that you were a bison farmer in Florida because that <laughs> just still going to blow my mind on that one. Still going to blow my mind. <laughs> so growing up, lots of siblings, obviously playing mm. sports, still playing sports. And you talk about obviously one of your strengths, you know, developing people and, and helping them in that nature. So what are your degrees in that kind of has helped you do that in your professional life
1: that's a great question uh my bachelor's degree is is in sports management and okay. i have and then my master's is business administration so uh funny enough really nothing at its core uh <laughs> that pours into entrepreneurship and developing people i would say um but a little
0: bit, a little bit. yeah
1: yeah maybe so and, and maybe so and and almost to the point that it was exhausting there there were certainly a lot of leadership courses and classes that i had to take so for sure in regards to managing and leading people i, I would say that was that was in our in our interwoven into my degrees, but, uh, but yeah, under undergraduate, my bachelor's in sports management, my master's in business administration. And so that's where I I would say that's where my quote unquote street smarts or just real world learning and, and, uh, experiences had met more of a refined, formal, um, education, obviously going to college and stuff like that so it was it was really great because when i had gone back to college after all the things i had done as an entrepreneur um i certainly looked at things through a different lens because it was like oh you know i'm reading this out of a book and they're explaining this a step-by-step process but it's like man like i've already i'm already a mile past this and i know what this looks like on the other end so um so it it was obviously a great opportunity i learned a ton i'm still benefiting from that like going back to school and getting a formal education. But um, I really credit a lot of it to me, just getting out there trial and error and kind of baptism by fire, you could say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great to have that that formal education part of it. But a lot of, you know, the development and even personal development is kind of like hands-on learning, right? Mm. Like being in the environment, seeing how things work out. And obviously in your, you know, position it's working with people and um kind of getting their feedback and how they work and and all of that but it is good to have that formal education piece to kind of mm. support it in a way mm. right like no it, it definitely is you because... out in in that department no a 100
1: percent. and i think you know um I guess the classic question is if I was going to go back, uh, would I change anything? And and I definitely would not. I definitely would not uh, because I think it sets me apart from my peers. Um, But in regards to my experiences in the order that I I did them all, but um, it certainly saves a lot of headache when it's like, Hey, there are SOPs in place for, Hey, you want to do X? Like, well, this is how you approach and you do it. Why? You know? So there was certainly a Mm -hmm. lot, a lot of trial and error, Um, you know, I told a very expedited version of my experiences, uh, professionally, but it's like, man, there were so many failures and trial and errors and losses in there were things that completely blindsided me. And so maybe some of those things could have been avoided if I would have done one thing or done different things in different orders. But, um, so yeah, I certainly would not say that my experiences are universally the best for everybody, um, but it's just the way it kind of worked out for me.
0: Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, the one thing that I think is important in all positions across the board is nobody can take your education away from you. So, Mm. you know, the experiences that are, that took you to those places at the end of the day, some, some people may say, Oh, it's just paper. (laughs) Yeah. But you can't take that away from me because I did Mm. it. So Mm you know
1: no 100% that. 100% and you know I looked up some of your other podcasts and other some of your other conversations and stuff and what I found really interesting about you and what you do and the way that you do it is that you've interviewed people from you know uh all kinds of athletic backgrounds and fill all kinds of roles uh within the athletic world and so um uh so I yeah I, I don't i think if anybody's listening to this or, or wants to pull something from this i hope they pull the principles of it uh of my experiences versus oh that's exactly how i should do it or should have done it right. or whatever um i think there are universal principles that apply and so you know at one point i was you know my own my bachelor's degrees in sports management and i thought which is a very wide net you know that mm-hmm. that covers mm-hmm. a lot of different things um And at one point I was open to really all of those things, just kind of seeing which door was uh, open, but I I certainly have universal respect for all those people um, that work in all kinds of roles in athletics. So, um, so yeah, I I just, I guess that's my two cents with that.
0: Yes, of course. And so I must ask you, since you, since you mentioned your masters and and previous podcasts and those that I've interviewed, you Mm -hmm. are the only one aside from, a doctor that I interviewed <laughs> uh, that has a master's degree and I have a master's degree as well. So your master's degree is in business administration and obviously mm. mine's in leadership, organizational leadership, which I think is probably the same thing to be real. <laughs> They're just called different things, but do you think, and you can be honest or just blanket statement this, do you think having a master's degree sets you apart from other people in your position do people like look at you and say oh my gosh you have a master's degree like, <laughs> or is it common for you because in my position it is not common and so people are like why in the f did you waste your money doing that and i was like honestly i don't i don't know
1: <laughs> that that is a great question i think it um I think of my specific role in regards to strength and conditioning, you know, in a lot of senses, you're working very, uh, intimately with a group of people, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's not just the typical, Hey, you know, shake your hand and, uh, show you the door and Hey, I'm just going to read down a list of things like you are, you're working with these people through their ups, their downs and they're all arounds, And, uh, maybe not initially, but, over time, you, you do spend a lot of time with them. And so, and I say that to say this, which is I think my master's degree, at least in my specific role, um, it gets me in the door. It allows me access, which if, if you're worth your salt, if you're really worth um, I think if you're really exceptional at what you do, you'll take full advantage of that. You know, yeah. you'll take advantage of that access and the opportunity that, that it gives you um, maybe every once in a while you know, you'll, you'll lean on something that, oh man, I, I learned this during my master's program Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to actually use it. Um, I would say very, very rarely, but if I, again, if I was to go back and I just wanted, I wanted every available opportunity to be, to be given to me, um, you know, I was going to continue to work hard and keep a positive attitude and keep pushing and connect well with people and all those different things. But it was just kind of like, I want every door possibly available to me to be available to me. And and if the master's degree was the path that got me there, well, great. Then, yeah, I'll definitely get the master's. So to answer your question, I would say the master's degree, it allows me access. I mean, I believe your question was like, oh, do I think that that sets, sets me away from, you know, sets me apart from my peers Mm -hmm. or does it kind of take people back of like, Oh geez, dude, like you got a master's. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because I think pretty quickly, again, that gets me the access and the opportunity, but at the end of the day, specifically in my role, which is strength and conditioning and and coaching, like um, very, very much. So it takes precedence of does this person know what they're, talking about are they listening yeah. to me are they you know are they actually giving me something that's directly applicable they're not just reciting something out of a book so I would say and it's one of the things I love about my industry and my role is that like it's one of the few things I think nowadays where at the end of the day that person I mean that classic super cliche saying of like you know they don't know they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care or some Mm -hmm. version of that Mm -hmm. like it it, i think strength and in my role is is one of the last few vocations that you can pick up where that is still in a lot of ways very true so Mm -hmm. um so yeah i that's what i would say about that
0: (laughs) okay um i i respect that i appreciate that (laughs) answer i mean i i think people in certain roles obviously with master's degrees it's like it's necessary right like I feel like if you're a teacher master's degree is like your continued mm-hmm. education program and I feel like I learned a lot more in my master's program than I did in my undergrad program because I was already experiencing like real world like working and so I was doing my master's at the same time and like kind of could r- relate all of that stuff right in my industry, people think I'm super smart because I have a master's degree. <laughs> Not sure that that's actually true. So maybe it's a little, um, maybe it lies a little bit when they figure that out about me. But nah. <laughs> people are like, "Oh my gosh, you have a master's degree! You must be so smart!" I'm like, "Yeah, next I'm getting a doctorate. I'm working <laughs> professional bass fishing."
1: What
0: the heck? Um. But I do, I I do understand what you're saying too. Like it, it's, it is a good thing to have and allows you to, to saying that it gives you a step up, isn't the right wording, but it gives you that uh, accreditation in a way. Right.
1: Yeah. And, And I would say this, like, especially in strength conditioning, and I'm not sure, um, you know, it, it, in this, maybe, uh, I'm sure it is to, to other job fields as well, but like strength and conditioning right now is a very saturated market in regards to, you know, any Billy, Sally, or Joe is calling themselves a strength and conditioning coach. And it's like, uh, no, dude, like you don't know what I do and you can't do what I do on the level that I do it. So it's like, so like right now, currently in strength and conditioning, like it's a very saturated market in regards to people trying to get into it. Um, right. And so like, if you think about different certifications and again, I'm sure this is universally applicable, but like, you know, the more uh, uh, certifications and degrees and different things that you add, obviously that will differentiate yourself. But at a certain point, like you've been in the game long enough and and you've connected with enough people and blah, 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 and so on and so forth, a pretty typical climb or network situation. Um, But I can say this, I can say this, like if I asked the majority of the athletes or, or now the students in the in the um, in the environment that I'm in now, because I'm in more of a uh, schoolhouse training uh, uh, environment with the Air Force. So but I, if I ask the majority of my students or athletes like, hey, did you know Isaiah had a master's degree? Like they either wouldn't know or wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, okay. <laughs> so, so, I don't know if that brings any more clarity to my point, but, yeah, um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's, yeah, there's, there's so many things that set strength and initiative apart from other industries, but obviously there's so many other things that are also united. So, um, uh, where you would think from the outside looking in, I mean, you talk about on your podcast, like, hey, this is supposed to be like a peek behind the curtain, a bes- behind the scenes of athletics. And, uh, and I think, I think a lot of people that maybe be ignorant of how all positions in athletics works, not just strength and dishing, but like, as much as we all love to, we would all love to think like the best guy gets the job at the end of the day. Like it is incredibly political and um, uh, just like any other industry. So I think some people look at, Oh my gosh, it must be so awesome to work in athletics Uh, or like, you know, wear gym shorts and a t-shirt to work every day. It's like, (laughs) yeah, man, but, you know, I had to, there was a lot that went into this, so oh, um, yeah, yeah, so anyways,
0: well, on that note then, kind of walk us through what a typical day to day or like what a I'm sure like you know, preseason, game days, all that's kind of different. But what does a a day to day look like for you in your strength and conditioning position?
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely very different from the college sector, which, you know, like I said, is the majority of my background is like high school and college. And so in my situation now, I'm, I'm part of um, it's called the craft team, um, which is an acronym, just like any other alphabet soup acronym in the military. But it basically stands for um, it's a holistic approach to to health and well-being and fitness and all those different things so on my team i have a a, a strength coach and then a registered dietitian and then a cognitive performance specialist so um so these are the three people that work we all kind of work hand in hand with all of the students that are going to be the air crew on um f-15 f-18s b-1 bombers uh b-52 bombers ac-130 gunships so on and so forth like Just go down the list. Uh, But we they're all students. So they're in training to eventually get put on these different planes and stuff like that. And so uh, it's definitely a very different environment from the colleges, uh, Mm -hmm. from the college sector, because usually in the college sector, you're just like you said, you got your preseason, offseason, in season, game week, uh, off day, so on and so forth. But um, so it's definitely very different from that because you're not necessarily training for in, in season or a competition or something like that. Um, but as you start to learn about kind of the curriculum and the academics and the training cycle of the students, um, case in point, case in point, like if I know that I have a student that's going to eventually end up in an F-15 or an F-18 or something that's pulling a lot of G forces and stuff like that. Like there is a certain system of training or order of training that they have to go to in order to eventually end up in that jet. And so, and I roughly know those dates or the progression that they're going to get there. So based off of my needs analysis of like, Hey, to be as tolerant to G forces in a jet as possible, I'm going to structure your programming so that, uh, and that can, that can range anywhere from six to 18 months. So we're talking, you know, so we're not talking about, Hey, you have a month to get them ready to jump in a jet. Like we have a pretty, pretty rough structure of of what that's going to look like, which allows me as their coach to build a program specific to the aircraft or the track that they're going to go on. So uh, that's just one example of of what that kind of looks like. Again, it's not, it's not necessarily like a, like a combat kind of situation where it's like, Oh geez, like these guys are, you know, at a moment's notice could get a call and, and, you know, kind of bounce out of here. Um, So it's a lot more structured than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's certainly unique, especially if you were to ever talk to another strength coach in the tactical and military sector. Um, We are very unique in, in, in what I do here in Pensacola uh, but it's well-funded. We've, we've done great uh, getting embedded with the squadron and the students. So just super, super blessed to uh to be in the position that i am now so but that i mean that that's more your your 40 hours a week 40 to 50 hours a week versus the college sector which could range anywhere from 50 to 70 hours a week yeah huge um, difference
0: kind of right like you said better work-life balance essentially
1: a hundred percent and then you know if you travel with the team and it depends at what level what teams you work with and stuff like that in the college sector but um, maybe every once in a while I'll head out to a conference or to a tdy if squadrons doing training but in regards to hey go ahead and kiss your family goodbye for the next several months uh which it can sometimes turn into in the college sector Mm. um certainly not the case here so just super grateful to uh still be able to support my family align myself with the u.s military uh which is i I think a more than worthy cause uh but still do what i love every day which is uh strength and conditioning and and developing people so it's it's really great
0: yeah that's it's it's quite the different program obviously i'm learning as we go too i didn't realize (laughs) that that like that they're actually getting on a plane to do scary things like when i watch those types of things on tv i i know that it takes a lot of one courage and two like training Mm. but you don't think about Like this really reminds me a lot when I spoke with um, the NASCAR trainer who trains Mm -hmm. NASCAR drivers because people think, oh, they're not athletes. Uh, They just get in a car and drive around. But like when you actually listen to how much training goes into it, it's a lot like just Mm. the normal Joe couldn't just get into a, a car and go. So like, you know, you're talking about the strength and conditioning and you're talking 16 to 18 months. Is that right? I mean, holy cow.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great time period for it. And and uh, you know, there there's pros and cons both professionally and then like the actual job itself. There there's pros and cons to the college sector and the tactical sector because um I, I believe the role that I have is not the most common one uh sure, in the tactical but, sector. Um but yeah, like if you look at it the don't best way. It. Yeah, no,
0: hundred percent.
1: No, hundred percent. But like, you know, I I know some from when I coached out in Charlotte. So I know a couple of strength coaches that do work with NASCAR teams out there. Um, and so like that, you know, again, just hey, this is the demand. We need to get them ready for it. And like, you know, the easiest way that I explain what I do is, hey, if you know Maverick and Goose from Top Gun, like Perfect. I train, I train all the gooses. <laughs> so I train all the gooses. All and the gooses. So, right so that's <laughs> me you know i'm the strength coach for the gooses so like you know and if you watch you know any of the top gun movies like you can you can imagine the forces on the body right that. that's what i'm um, saying
0: it's crazy so
1: it yeah so it's always a big motivator to see a movie like that or just talk to the students and um and they're getting ready for they're getting ready for that and so um Uh, There are some incredible coaches and and I've kept them close over the years that are still in the college sector and are kicking butt out there. Um, And so I I still I I still I never want to paint the the college athletics or being a college strength coach in a bad light. And I never would I have tremendous respect for those guys. And Mm -hmm. even the fact that they're able to coach the level that they're coaching while also being loving uh, intentional fathers and husbands. I have nothing but respect for them. Uh, you know, I just wanted to go a different direction with things. And I saw this opportunity to went for it. But uh, no, it, it certainly is, is a fun, uh, adventurous, challenging uh, role that I'm in. And uh, yeah, definitely still wake up every morning ready to go. So it's, sure. it's, great. it's great.
0: I love it. I love it. So I know, I know we've got some some time coming up here that we got to wrap it up but i've got a couple more questions for you because Mm -hmm. i definitely think that we'll have to do a follow-up podcast (laughs) to see exactly how many gooses have you trained and all of the above um but if you had to pick what what has been maybe and I'll let you decide, but what's been your favorite moment so far, or what has been a moment in your career path thus far that has been like, oh, an aha moment or a light bulb moment that you're like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my mm. life.
1: Uh, that's a great, that's a great question. I think, um, I, I think there are, I think there's probably a few and I can, and I can quickly go through those mm-hmm. when. Um, you know, I remember sitting in class uh during my bachelor's degree, uh, before I'd really, really start coaching, coaching. And I was like, man, you know, at the at the at the time the dream was to be a division one strength coach, full-time division one strength coach. And I remember when I was finishing up my time, it was literally my last day with the Gators. We ran out of the tunnel at Camping World Stadium down in Orlando. Um, it was technically week zero of the 2019 season, and running out of the tunnel with the Gators you know, take the field against the Miami Hurricanes. You know, these were teams that I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that, you know, we were on national television, we're running – I mean, that was such a – Isaiah, you need to stop and soak this moment in. Um, where it was just kind of like, dude, you just went from like a, a – you you went from a putz uh, sitting in your dorm room trying to figure out what you were going to do. Hey, you went back to school. Congratulations, Isaiah. Now what are you going to do? And I had gone from that to now run a tunnel – uh, with, with two awesome teams that was that was definitely a big moment uh, I, another one was when um, it was when I was at William and Mary and um, my wife who at the time was about eight months pregnant she came out to the field afterwards with one of my best friends in the world Kenny and uh, who lives in Richmond I was in Williamsburg so about an hour apart and so like that was like one of my full circle moments for sure mm-hmm. uh, where I was like wow so I turned this like passion <laughs> thing into a way to support my family here and yeah. have my buddies show up. Like that was a full that was a full circle moment. And then the Aww. last one was I remember. Uh, so CISOs, so Combat System Officers that's a technical name for the people that I turn all the gooses again. Okay. Um, so they're called Sizzos. and we had this day uh, within the first couple months of me being here called CISO Nation. It's basically like all those aircraft that I listed off a few minutes ago. They all show up to the base in pentacle all at one time and it allows like all the students to be able to check out the aircraft that eventually if you know nose to the grindstone uh they they go down the pipeline they're going to end up in one day so it's definitely a morale motivational thing or whatever um but i remember walking out there and seeing uh like an f-15 like on the on the tarmac like you know Mm -hmm. three feet from it i remember looking at that thing and just being like Holy cow, dude, like you train the people that operate this piece of <laughs> machinery. And, you know, six years ago, you know, never in my wildest dreams as I, you know, had my hood down welding trailers all day and night. um, Did I could I have ever imagined that, that the guy, you know, surviving off energy drinks and, and weld fumes would six years would six years later be training the people that would operate as far as I'm concerned one of the one of the most powerful and advanced yes. uh, uh, planes in the world it just it was that was another hey Isaiah you need to stop for a second and take all this in so it was um so yeah I would say that's that's a few of my like big pillar moments if that answers your Those question are
0: awesome yeah <laughs> and of course of course you'll we'll have more I think the last one just gave me goosebumps no no pun intended I'm- training the gooses that's a pretty cool freaking moment if i must say i mean that's like the true behind the scenes guy moment right like Mm. holy shit look what i do like i'm not getting in there but like i train the people who get in there like that's Mm. legit
1: all Mm. right one
0: more question before i let you go If you could give one piece of advice to somebody looking to get into strength and conditioning, what piece of advice would you give them?
1: um, I would look at, um, I mean, just like me, uh, Isaiah, just a little putt sitting in my dorm room going, this is the degree that I'm going for, but what does this actually look like? I don't really know. Uh, I would encourage people to, they're trying to get in the strength and conditioning i would pay attention to their to their natural passions um so if you were naturally a football guy or a basketball guy or heck if you're a military guy you know um strength ignition has grown to the field has grown to the extent that and just like you said like nascar like who would have thought strength ignition mm-hmm. coach for nascar so like oh. i would I, I would tell people to pursue the avenues that they're most passionate in within strength and conditioning. Like for me, I grew up, uh, like a meathead and an athlete and, uh, and all of that stuff. And so once I was like, Oh, you know, is there, uh, is there uh, an avenue that I can take that I can do this professionally? Boom. Strength and conditioning fell right in my lap. So, you know, I was a, I felt right at home. And so I would tell people, because in the reason that I say that first and foremost, um, is because you're going to have to eat a lot of, as I call them, crap sandwiches. Like you're just going to have to eat a yeah. lot of crap. And uh, and not necessarily from people, you know, a, I don't know, taking advantage of you or anything like that. But just in regards to like, hey, you're underpaid, you're overworked, you're in places and positions that you didn't really feel you're, you wanted yourself to be in. You're in a comfortable place. Uh, you're tired, you're beat up. You're not really seeing, you know, the real vision in this moment. I had tons and tons of days and times like that, um, that if I wasn't truly passionate, I didn't feel like it was ingrained in who I was. I definitely would have pivoted or gone a different direction a long time ago. Um, But my one piece of advice would be never, ever burn bridges, Um, always 100% bloom where you're planted. I remember when I was looking for a GA and I was like, I want uh division one graduate assistant gig and that's it. I'm not settling for anything else. <laughs> but I remember talking to one of my mentors that I made at Florida, I believe now he's at BYU, Tanner Maurer. And he told me he was like, dude, Isaiah, you're gonna learn way more. Like if you really truly care. Uh, about being a problem solver and being a better coach, like go to someplace that doesn't have every resource available, go to someplace that isn't going to perfectly make the the path in front of you clear, like go learn, go improvise, go grow. Um, So I would say bloom where you planted, be passionate and make sure that whatever you're doing is fully ingrained in you. Um, Yeah. Don't burn bridges. I mean, yeah. Look, have a vision for where you want to go. And then reverse engineer back from there. Like, like for me, I want to be a Division One strength coach. So I did every bit of research I possibly could to what's the path to get there. Um, usually you don't want to compare resumes, but if you're looking for at least some level of some path, some defined path or trajectory to get where you want to go. Uh, especially in industry like strength conditioning, or just coaching in general, like those resumes are all over the place. So connect connect with fantastic people that are gonna pour into you. Don't don't burn bridges. Be passionate about what you're doing and bloom where you're planted. And I, I really don't think you can go wrong.
0: I agree. The don't burn <laughs> bridges is very I think more people need to take that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> no, a hundred percent there's some mean people out there, right? But take the high uh, road, even if that means you have to punch your pillow. I 100%. I know we've all been there, but
1: I think too many people are like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna light the match, throw the yeah. match, close the door, and uh I'll see you when I see you. And it's just it's just not um again, like I said, I'm a person that wants every available opportunity to come my way, and then I make a choice from there. But uh, I've always felt that burning a bridge uh, is cutting your legs out from under you. No matter exactly what you just said, like even if it takes punching or screaming into your pillow at night, it's just kind of like, okay. hey, I'm learning, I'm moving forward. This is not going to last forever, and go That's from right. there. Because I, because I can tell you the antithesis of that um, in some ways shape or form may come back to bite you in the butt and, and that certainly is not sound advice so that's
0: right because as much as we like to think the sporting world is very big it's actually <laughs> very small
1: incredibly small yes, <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am
0: well i appreciate your time so much i would like to let you get to your evening and i look forward to catching up with you soon
1: Wonderful. Uh, you you let me know. We'll figure it out. But uh, but this was great. And I, I appreciate you having me on. And and any we connect again, uh, you just let me know.
0: Awesome. Well, there you have it. I really look forward to catching up with Isaiah soon. And I hope you do as well. Until then, be sure to follow along with the strength and conditioning coaches adventures by following the link in the show notes. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Be sure to go like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple and iHeart Radio. Make sure you click that subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you feel inclined, feel free to leave us a review. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop us a line and let's get to know them together. Later Gators.